0: Hey, what's going on qualifiers, listeners, guys and gals, this is M Mauricio, that's me, I'm your host for Unqualified News, and this is episode number 51, and we're going to jump right into it. Bad Bunny came out with a new music video slash documentary, I would call it that, you know what I'm saying, it's called El Apagón, look for it on YouTube, and that's the reason why I have one of these stories right here. What is happening in Puerto Rico? And it has to do with Lumen Energy. They are a privately held company that basically owns the energy in Puerto Rico. And you guys hear it all the damn time. Puerto Rico's always having blackouts. Uh, Actually, when Bad Bunny posted this video, he said, hey, hopefully you guys have enough power out there to to watch the video. Um, Ron DeSantis, I'm pretty sure you've heard that name before. He is a Republican and I think he's going to run 2024. So he's someone to look out for. For you people that are Republicans, and for you Democrats that you know need somebody to, you know, get mad about, is uh, this guy Ron DeSantis? Because I feel like this guy right here, he's 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 uh, he's making some big waves. He uh, he broke some records on uh, some fundraising type stuff, and he seems to have no money in the bank, which is what people like, right? People want broke politicians to run. Cause we're kinda tired of the millionaires already, right? I think I think we're kinda tired of people paying their way through I think. Bed, Bath, and Beyond CFO jumped off a Manhattan skyscraper. So when this this came up, the first thing I was thinking was, okay, why did this guy do that? obviously right and he was doing some shady ass shit with the uh, meme stock remember when the bed bath and beyond may some of you some of you may remember when the bed bath and beyond stock went skyrocketing it up and then that same fucking day shot down uh and this 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 guy right here he made a lot of money but sadly he couldn't handle the pressure at the very very end and uh he jumped off a fucking skyscraper so um it's, it's serious shit i mean it is serious i don't know i'm talking lightly about it but uh just listen to the article thanks in advance for listening to another episode and let's listen to our number one sponsor anchor real quick why are some puerto ricans demanding the island cancel its contract with power company luma energy this one qualifiers is from TheHill.com by Alejandra Ocano Domenici. Over the last 13 months, Puerto Ricans have repeatedly taken to the streets to protest Luma Energy, the private company that controls the island's energy transmission and distribution, as frequent blackouts and high energy costs become more burdensome. One of the most recent demonstrations took place late last month, with hundreds of protesters gathering outside of the governor's mansion in Old San Juan, demanding the island's contract with the private energy company be canceled. The demonstration took a violent turn after police discharged tear gas into a crowd, clashed with protesters, and appeared to attack a photojournalist covering the gathering. We share the frustration of our customers and have over the fragile nature of Puerto Rico's electric system, which has suffered for years, if not decades of mismanagement and neglect by the prior operator, a Luma spokesperson said in an email to Changing America. The 3,000 men and women of Luma are determined to rebuild the energy system and in just little over a year, They have made significant progress in rebuilding, repairing and restoring the grid, including replacing thousands of poles, connecting tens of thousands of customers to solar, and improving customer service. In a press conference the day after the protest, Puerto Rico Police Commissioner Antonio Lopez blamed a small group of protesters at the August 25th demonstration for attacking officers with rocks and other objects and promised that the incident with the photojournalist would be investigated. Luma has been in Puerto Rico since June of 2021 and was contracted to work with the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority in managing the island's power. PREPA is now solely responsible for electricity generation, while Luma oversees transmission and distribution. The company, which is a consortium between the Canadian company ATCO and Houston-based Qanta Services, was awarded a 15-year contract to provide electricity and make desperately needed upgrades to the island's fragile power grid, which was devastated by Hurricane Maria in 2018. But while Luma's presence was meant to help an island still reeling from the aftermath of deadly hurricanes Maria and Irma, it has struggled so far to make life easier for millions of Puerto Ricans, critics say. So why are people frustrated with Luma? Thousands of PREPA line workers lost their jobs or transferred to other government departments following the Luma contract. The president of UTIR, the union that represents PREPA workers, told the Washington Post members were offered jobs with Luma, but many opted to not join the private company due to what they considered were poorer working conditions. Many would lose pension benefits, seniority, or have their health care plans changed, he told the outlet. Yet many of Luma's 3,000 workers are former PREPA employees, a Luma spokesperson told Changing America. The Luma spokesperson did not confirm that some former PREPA employees who chose to be transferred to another government position were assigned to jobs that they were not qualified for, like custodial work at schools. Puerto Rico suffered power outages before Luma Energy arrived on the scene, and the company was contracted specifically to help fix Puerto Rico's fragile power grid. But islanders continue to be plagued with power outages and blackouts sometimes lasting days with a private company at the helm. One particularly bad power outage occurred in the spring. In April, at least 500,000 people on the island were left without electricity after a fire broke out at a main power plant in Guayanilla, a city in the southwest of the island people were left without electricity for three to five days, causing the island's education department to cancel classes for students and for courts to close. The outage also forced some businesses to close early since they couldn't afford the cost of running a generator. And an intensive care unit at a major hospital in the city of Mayawes was left without power. A spokesperson from Luma argued that no true blackout, where 100% of the island is in darkness has occurred under the company's watch and that the April 6 outage was irregular. There is an ongoing investigation into what happened at the plant to cause the outage. According to the Luma spokesperson, they added that outages like what happened in the Costa Sur plant are things that Luma workers are constantly trying to prevent. Electricity bills have repeatedly gone up in Puerto Rico since Luma arrived. In July, the company announced, on the behalf of PREPA, its seventh consecutive monthly bill increase this year, bumping prices to $0.34 cents per kilowatt hour. The company did announce its first rate decrease ever last month, a reduction of 2.75 cents 75 per kilowatt hour, but the lower price will only last two months. Increases in electricity costs stem from rising fuel prices, a Luma spokesperson said an average household consumes 800 kilowatt hours of electricity a month on the island and power bills of more than 200 a month are a burden for the 43 percent of the island's 3.2 million residents that live below the poverty line the u.s national average for electricity is about 15 cents per kilowatt there you have it guys and gals that was from the hill.com And that is outrageous. 15 cents is the average out here in the United States. So, you know, normally here in California where I'm at, it's probably, well, like 20 cents, maybe 25. Usually it's more the average, you know, there's a lot of Midwest where it's kind of cheap, but 34 cents in Puerto Rico, that's insane. How I even heard about Luma, the energy company, was through Bad Bunny. (laughs) That's insane that I am saying that. Bad Bunny just came out with a, I would call like a music video documentary, like this is going to, I hope it wins some awards or something, but it's called El Apagón. It's like a music video, honestly, slash documentary and it talks and, and they, they bring up this Luma Energy Company and uh, how, how they have a hold on Puerto Rico's energy, basically. But what it seems like to me a lot, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing because there's two companies here working together, the the Prepa, the Prepa, Prepa, whatever, I don't know how to say it 100%, but uh, the Prepa and the Luma company, um, you know, Luma is the distributor of the energy and Prepa is the, the I guess, the generator, so... Luma's probably saying, hey, you know, we're, we're ready to start moving this stuff around. But, you know, Prepa's lagging on the making the energy and then vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a really weird situation. I mean, I don't understand how our energy is created here in California. I'm not sure, you know, I mean, is LADWP or Edison and, uh, you know, all those companies, are they privately owned? I'm not even sure. Maybe I should look into that too. Possibly they are. I'm not 100 I know SoCal gas is privately owned but that's gas company I'm not sure about electricity I thought those were public utilities that you couldn't own so this is kind of weird right here this this um this gives me weird weird vibes A timeline leading up to the death of bed bath and beyond cfo by cheryl estrada this one is from fortune.com bed bath and beyond incorporated ranked number 381 on the fortune 500 is in the midst of meme stock mayhem dire financial straits executive upheaval controversy and tragedy over the labor day weekend the retailer announced that its cfo gustavo arnal 52 passed away, stating the organization is profoundly saddened by this shocking loss. Local reports confirmed that Arnal fell to his death on September second from a Manhattan skyscraper. His death was then ruled a suicide on Monday by the New York City's medical examiner. Arnal joined the company in May 2020 following a career in finance at Avon, Walgreens Boots Alliance, and Procter & Gamble. Laura Crossen, Bed Bath & Beyond's Chief Accounting Officer, will assume the role of Interim Chief Financial Officer, a company representative told me in an email on Tuesday. Laura has been with the organization for more than 20 years, and we are grateful for her leadership. She has the full support of the organization, the board, and our outside advisors. The company filed a Form 8-K with the Securities and Exchange Commission naming Crossen the interim CFO. According to the report, her base salary will increase by $200,000 with an increase of her target annual bonus opportunity to 70%. I asked Bed Bath & Beyond what crossin's priorities would be stepping into the CFO role. Our leadership team, including Laura, is focused on supporting our teams making sure our stores, customers, and partners are supported and advancing the strategies shared last week, according to the representative. Bed Bath & Beyond announced on August 31st that it had secured more than $500 million in new financing, planned to cut its workforce by 20% and close 150 lower-producing stores. The company also said it had eliminated the Chief Operating Officer and Chief Stores Officer roles. Bed Bath & Beyond reported in earnings ending May 28th, a net loss of $385 million, compared to a loss of $51 million the same time last year. Sue Gove, an independent director at the company, became interim CEO, replacing Mark Tritton as CEO. In addition to financial challenges, a class action lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia on August 23rd, listing the lead plaintiff as Peng Chang Si. It alleges that from March 2022 through August 2022, Arnal Ryan Cohen, an activist investor, JP Morgan Securities LLC, and others, engaged in a fraudulent scheme to artificially inflate the price of BBBBY, publicly traded stock, according to the court filings I reviewed. As previously noted in our 8-K filed August 31st, the company is in early stages of evaluating the complaint but based on current knowledge. The company believes the claims are without merit, the Bed Bath & Beyond representative told me. BBBY surged more than 70% on August 16th as retail investors on social media gravitated to the stock after a filing revealed activist investor Ryan Cohen was holding steady on his bet. By 2 p.m. Eastern Time on August 16th, the share price of BBBY dropped from more than $26 a share to below $20 in a matter of minutes but the 20-year-old USC student posted on Reddit that he had exited his $130 million position before noon. Five months after disclosing his stake in Bed Bath & Beyond, activist shareholder Cohen tapped out, sparking a sell-off in the shares of the home goods retailer. Shares of BBBY nosedived 43% at market open on August 19th as investors fled following news that GameStop chairman Ryan Cohen had indeed sold all of his holdings in the meme stock. Several of the firms that provide credit insurance or short-term financing to vendors revoked coverage of the company. Just a day after its market cap lost a fifth of its value following a massive runner-up in price, the meme stock popular on Reddit Board Wall Street Bets was set to plunge. BBBY tumbled 16%, marking a three-day drop that erased 60% of its market value. After a report, some suppliers were restricting or halting shipments altogether after the company fell behind on payments. Lead plaintiff Peng Cheng Si alleges Ryan Cohen approached Gustavo Arnal about a plan to control shares of the company so they could both profit. August 22, BBBY tumbled 16%, marking a three-day drop that erased 60% of its market value. After reports, some suppliers were restricting or halting shipments altogether after the company fell behind on payments. August 23, lead plaintiff Peng chang Si alleges Ryan Cohen approached Gustavo Arnal about a plan to control shares of the company so they could both profit. August 24th, a report revealed the troubled home goods retailer has secured debt financing. The debt financing process is being conducted by JP Morgan Chase. August 31st Traders on Reddit's Wall Street Bets Forum were hit specially hard with one claiming to have realized a $1.1 million net loss with their investment. September 5th, Bed Bath & Beyond's chief financial officers fall from a Manhattan skyscraper is ruled a suicide. Retailer is profoundly saddened. Alrighty, there you have it qualifiers. That is from fortune.com. And that is from Cheryl Estrada. And there is another little note here that I, I want to say too. If you or someone you know is contemplating suicide, you can contact National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or 1-800-273-8255. So now you can dial 988 from your phone and uh, you can be contacted if you got to talk to somebody. And if uh, if you don't want to dial 988, you can hit me up on Instagram. You already know my Instagram. but but uh hey man this is a pretty insane fucking story from fortune.com and uh relating to this guy committing suicide because he he wasn't he was he was in deep with some fucking scams man he was he took a lot of people's money he he got greedy and then he couldn't live with the guilt he didn't want to go to jail he he decided to jump off the skyscraper right that's that's a, that's a perfect sold story but when i saw this when i heard about this guy jumping off the skyscraper, first thing that came to mind was like, who, do you, who was he working with? Who, who could have killed him so that he doesn't speak anymore? I mean, I, <laughs> I have such a paranoid mind, but that's where my mind really goes. The first thing that comes to mind is like, hmm, who wanted to kill this guy? Why did they want to kill this guy? Uh, but it seems like, hey, this guy's dead. The story's done. There's an uh, interim CFO. It's a female for a home goods store seems like a perfect ending to the story huh except for for uh you know poor guy's family just sucks that you know he, he took his own life because he, he he's probably fucking you know knowing knowing how how much stress you know being a cfo of a giant fucking company and the lifestyle that those type of people live um i wouldn't doubt that there was some fucking cocaine involved in this motherfucker right here and uh he was probably like you know on one of those those days after a huge binge and he was in a downer and he was feeling like, fuck, it's over, it's done, it's over. And sometimes you have that, you know, sometimes you feel like there's no getting out of that giant dark hole. And and, and sadly, some people act during those times, you know, and uh, always it's, it's a very regretful action. But uh, it's all about, you know, I'm always, you know pretty positive and I'm always one to say it always gets better I feel like that's something that really kind of gets you through those tough situations uh, but uh, I was serious you know you have me on Instagram you can reach out to me I'm very easy to find if you ever want to talk I know we probably don't know each other but uh, I talk to a lot of strangers you know <laughs> um, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty the same like you hear me here, I'm for the same everywhere. I try to keep it 100% with everybody. It doesn't matter what walks of life you're from. You know, I treat everybody the same. Yeah, I didn't know this story was going to be such a downer, but. Um... Florida Governor Ron DeSantis breaks gubernatorial fundraising record. This one is from OpenSecrets.org, and it's by Taylor Giorno and Jorga Simons. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Republican, political operation reported raising $177.4 million through September 9th, breaking the gubernatorial fundraising record without adjusting for inflation. A new Open Secrets analysis of state campaign finance filings found. His re-election campaign has raised over $31.4 million since January 2021, and Friends of Ron DeSantis, his state-level PAC that is not subject to contribution limits, raked in $146 million since January 2019. Florida voters elected DeSantis to the U.S. House in 2012, where he served three terms before resigning in 2018 to run for governor which he won by less than 34,000 votes. DeSantis's first term has been defined by culture war clashes. He's been the public face of polarizing policies, including the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, which prohibits kindergarten through third grade teachers from discussing gender and sexual identity in the classroom. DeSantis took credit Thursday for sending two planes of migrants without notice to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts, telling CNN that all American communities should share the burden. The latest coordinated effort by Republican governors to protest what Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Republican, who sent buses of migrants to Vice President Kamala Harris's home in the District of Columbia on Thursday, said are inadequate federal efforts to secure the country's southern border. Rumors have circulated that DeSantis is preparing to mount a 2024 presidential run. But he's downplayed his presidential ambitions by saying the media is just speculating. Still, DeSantis has toured battleground states and has commented on Washington politics while on the campaign trail. One federal political committee, Ready for Ron, asked the Federal Election Commission if it could share a list of over 58,000 supporters and their contact information to encourage DeSantis to explore a 2024 presidential bid. The FEC agreed Thursday that Ready for Ron could share the list only before DeSantis was officially testing the waters for a presidential run, although the commission still needs to formally vote on the new agreement. Out of a list of 20 possible presidential containers compiled by Open Secrets, DeSantis's aligned operation raised the most money since January 2021. Illinois' Governor J.B. Pritzker, Democrat, and former President Donald Trump trailed behind. In November, DeSantis will face former Republican Governor and Democratic U.S. Representative Charlie Chris, Democrat. Chris resigned from the U.S. House on August 31st to focus on his gubernatorial campaign. Chris has called DeSantis an autocrat that would love to be the dictator of Florida. DeSantis told supporters in a fundraising email Friday, We face a very serious threat from far-left Biden psychopaths like Charlie Chris. A recent poll commissioned by the AARP and conducted by Fabricio Ward and Impact Research found DeSantis with a 3% point lead over Chris. DeSantis had 92 in 100 odds of winning re-election. An analysis by the opinion polling outlet 538 found. Chris will also have an uphill battle when it comes to fundraising. His political operation reported raising nearly $20 million through September 9th, almost nine times less than the new gubernatorial fundraising record holder. DeSantis and Chris are scheduled to square off in a televised debate on October 12th. DeSantis already set a new record for gubernatorial fundraising without candidates self-financing, and his new fundraising record surpasses two candidates that contributed tens of millions of dollars to their gubernatorial campaigns. The previous record holder was Meg Whitman, who ran unsuccessfully for California governor in 2010. The former eBay, Hewlett Packard, and Quibi CEO raised $178.6 million, more than any other gubernatorial candidate since 1990, without adjusting for inflation. Whitman's socially moderate Republican campaign gained some momentum from her name recognition as a Silicon Valley executive. Unlike DeSantis, she reached the groundbreaking total by giving $144.2 million to her campaign. Her net worth is $3.3 billion. Pritzker nearly surpassed Whitman's record during his 2018 campaign, also through self-financing. Pritzker, a billionaire whose father managed and developed the Hyatt Hotel chain, gave his campaign $172 million and raised $4 million more. DeSantis, whose net worth is just $319,000, has not reported personal contributions to his campaign or state-level PAC but the governor has received donations from several GOP mega donors. DeSantis's re-election campaign has been backed by at least 42 billionaires and members of billionaire families. The Sarasota Herald Tribune's Zach Anderson reported. The billionaires come from 15 states and only 17 of them gave to DeSantis in 2018. Billionaire space entrepreneur Robert Bigelow made headlines in July when he donated $10 million to DeSantis' State-Level Pact. Friends of Ron DeSantis, the largest single individual contribution in Florida's record. Hedge fund billionaires Ken Griffin and Paul Tudor Jones are also big donors to Friends of Ron DeSantis. DeSantis' largest donor this year is the Republican Governors Association, a 527 organization dedicated to getting Republican governors elected which gave $17.4 million to his campaign committee and friends of Ron DeSantis. The governor's state-level PAC also received big checks from the Florida Prosperity Fund, the Seminole tribe of Florida, and conservative political group Club for Growth, as well as millions in in in-kind contributions from the Florida Republican Party. And there you have it qualifiers listeners guys and gals that's opensecrets.org and i i'm I don't know this uh this came up on my uh google or or twitter when i was searching for for a story on uh on desantis because i heard um that he he broke this fundraising record which as you hear it is it's pretty awesome this is literally a person with no money uh getting giant contributions uh yeah he's a republican yeah he's from florida i know you know here in california we're heavy democratic uh and you guys know here in unqualified news we're down the middle so i just wanted to bring this guy out in in the light because i feel like this guy right here he's probably gonna um he's gonna make some waves man this is pretty pretty big deal he's breaking records uh you see he only has like three hundred and thirty thousand dollars in the bank that ain't shit compared to you know what i'm saying billions that some of these people that are running uh have they're spending so much money trying to win uh while this guy uh doesn't seem to have to do it kind of like how outspoken he is like he seems like he can sit down for two hours and talk you know and and wouldn't unravel i feel like you sit down with somebody more than 90 minutes you 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 kind of get a good idea of uh if they're fake or if they're putting on a face and i think this uh desantis guys could be a possible contender for 2024 i mean he's running as uh, as a republican for sure right seems that and so is donald trump gonna run i'm sure donald trump's gonna run 2024 there's no way he's gonna just not do that the way he's thinking is hey this may be the last time i could ever do this so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting uh, it's gonna be interesting. That that debate is gonna happen in October 12th. I'm definitely gonna try to catch that. I'm gonna actually put a note uh, after I finish recording on my uh, calendar because I want to hear. I want to. I want to hear this guy out. Uh, he, he's gonna be debating with a uh, Democrat, Chris. Uh, I don't know who Chris is or uh, or who really Ron DeSantis is. Really, I mean, I just heard about this guy. But again, don't forget, unqualified news is down the middle. I know uh, I post a lot on Instagram and I I tend to post a lot of shit. uh, Sometimes that seems like, you know, I'm I'm Republican leaning, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, I'm not. I'm down the middle, but I'm not afraid to, to look at the other side. And I feel like Democrats are so vigilant or what is the word that I'm looking for here? They're so, they're so like... My way or the highway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so lame. But again, qualifiers down the middle. That's what unqualified news is all about. I'm not afraid to look at the other side. Again, I, I feel like I gotta keep reiterating that because I know I, a lot of a lot of listeners they just shut down as soon as they start hearing shit they don't wanna fucking hear, man. And it's 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 upsetting. Sometimes you gotta listen. Sometimes you gotta listen to things that don't agree with your mindset learn i feel i feel like everything is it's it's a learning experience but whatever man i don't know who i'm arguing with (laughs) Alrighty, qualifiers always like to take a couple minutes at the end just to thank you straight up thank you love you guys i really do appreciate these listens i always notice that when i get consistent listeners go up I mean you know it makes sense right you you put in work on something that you love and you know you you can reap the fruits of your labor as they say right you water the plant the plant grows you water the flower the flower blooms blah 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 you know what I'm saying so you know thank you I love it I appreciate it I um, I'm always trying to make it better I'm always trying to sound more professional yet I always I'm not afraid to sound dumb sometimes you know I'm not afraid to say things that may sound a little just silly if you know me you know that as you hear me here I'm the same in real life at work everywhere you know um it's just so much easier that way so much easier to just be yourself so much easier to just be real who cares if you're a little dorky a little nerdy a little different you know qualifiers listeners guys and gals come on we're all different, we're all fucking weird a little bit. So I feel like if more people would just embrace that, we would be we would just be living in a much better place. Again, thank you. Because I do feel like you qualifiers, guys and gals listening in, you you keep me on check, I feel. I feel like every time I'm on my Instagram saying, hey, I'm gonna go do this run. I'm gonna run 16 miles. I'm gonna run 10 miles. I'm gonna record the next unqualified news episode. I feel like I've made you guys and gals, qualifiers, listeners, my accountability coaches in a way. I you know what I'm saying? For free too, because I'm not gonna pay you guys, motherfuckers. And uh I feel like me posting, me saying it, me getting on here, sitting down, telling you guys that I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna go and I'm gonna run that marathon October 9th. miles in long beach that's sunday fucking morning i'm gonna be running for six plus hours to finish that marathon even if i finish crawling that motherfucker i'm gonna finish it there's no way i will not finish that marathon i don't see how i will not finish that shit that that is accountability i can't i will feel like a piece of shit if i go back on my word i will feel like a fucking shit (laughs) if i go on on october 11th october 12th and i come in here and i tell you guys that i did not finish that fucking marathon there's no way i've been doing all the work i've been doing all the training i don't want to be embarrassed out there i don't want to not finish it and that's the reason why i'm putting in the work again that aligns with me putting in the work with this podcast with unqualified news that's my baby if you go and you search unqualified now unqualified Fucking everything there is, unqualified talk, unqualified criminologist, unqualified methodologist, unqualified reports, unqualified man. I don't even want to look, but just go look, just search unqualified, and it's just unqualified everything. And cool, I love it. I fucking love it. There's one, there's one podcast out there. Then you're gonna say their fucking name. Whatever. It says unqualified whatever, and they have a couple episodes. I've been, I've been unqualified news since 2019 okay since before the pandemic i've been doing this shit maybe it wasn't as 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 great sounding maybe it wasn't as refined because it was way shittier than this (laughs) but i was doing this in 2019 so this other one is unqualified whatever and they have the same logo font like the same color scheme as me they have the same like blocked out like Unqualified is blocked out the way I block out unqualified. And then their other fucking word is under it. The same fashion I have the news. You know? Unqualified news. And I fucking love it. I fucking love it, man. That means that I'm fucking doing something right. And motherfuckers are out there trying it. So, I love it. I fucking love that shit. I fucking love it. I don't know what else to say. But uh, appreciate you guys and gals listening in yet another episode. Episode 5-1. Love you and... Peace.